happy. You thought I was rich, and I am, but not how you think. I live in a Tudor house under the freeway in Mar Vista by the beach. When you call, I take my phone to the picnic table that I bought from the Rose Bowl, and I listen to the rushing cars above, and think about the last time you visited me, the last time we made love, how the noise got louder and louder during rush hour until it sounded like the sea, and it felt like the ocean was the sky and that I was flying because you were two feet taller than me, until you took me in your arms and I could touch the stars and they all fell down around my head. And I became an angel. Then you put me to bed, happy. People think that I'm rich, and I am, but not how they think. I have a truck with a gold keychain in the ignition, and on the back it says "Happy, Joyous, and Free." Happy. And when I drive, I think about the last time my friends were driving with me. How the radio was so loud that I couldn't hear the words, so we became the music. Happy. They write that I'm rich and I am, but not how they think. I have a safe I call the boyfriend box, and in it, every saved receipt, every movie theater ticket, just to remind me of all the things I've loved, then lost, then loved again, unconditionally. Happy. You joke that I'm rich and I am, but not how you think. I live in a Tudor house under the freeway, off of Rose Avenue, twelve blocks from the beach. And when you call, I put your sweater on and put you on speaker and chat for hours underneath the trees and think about the last time you were here, lying next to me. How the noise from the cars got louder and louder during rush hour until it sounded like a river or a stream, and it felt like we were swimming, but it wasn't just a dream. We were just happy. I left my city for San Francisco. Took a free ride off a billionaire's jet. L.A. I'm from nowhere. Who am I to love you? L.A. I've got nothing. Who am I to love you when I'm feeling this way and I've got nothing to offer? L.A. Not quite the city that never sleeps. Not quite the city that wakes, but the city that dreams for sure. If by dreams you mean in nightmares. L.A. I'm a dreamer, but I'm from nowhere. Who am I to dream? L.A. I'm upset. I have complaints. Listen to me. They say I came for money, and I didn't. And I didn't even have love. And it's unfair. L.A. I sold my life rights for a big check, and I'm upset. And now I can't sleep at night, and I don't know why. Plus, I love sex. So why did I do that when I know it won't last? L.A. I picked San Francisco because the man who doesn't love me lives there. L.A. I'm pathetic, but so are you. Can I come home now? Daughter to no one, table for one, party of thousands of people I don't know at Delilah, where my ex-husband works. I'm sick of this, but can I come home now? Mother to no one, private jet for one, back home to the Tudor house that borned a thousand murder plots. Hancock Park, it's treated me very badly. I'm resentful. The witch on the corner, the neighbor nobody wanted, the reason for Garcetti's extra security. L.A. I know I'm bad, but I have nowhere else to go. Could I come home now? I never had a mother. Will you let me make the sun my own for now, and the ocean my sun? 
I'm quite good at tending to things despite my upbringing. Can I raise your mountains? I promise to keep them greener, make them my daughters, teach them about fire, warn them about water. I'm lonely, LA. Can I come home now? I left my city for San Francisco and I'm riding from the Golden Gate Bridge, but it's not going as I planned. I took a free ride off a billionaire and brought my typewriter and promised myself that I would stay, but it's just not going the way that I thought. It's not that I feel different and I don't mind that it's not hot, it's just that I belong to no one, which means there's only one place for me. The city not quite awake, the city not quite asleep. The city that's still deciding how good it can be. And also, I can't sleep without you. No one's ever really held me like you. Not quite tightly, but certainly I feel your body next to me, smoking next to me, vaping lightly next to me. And I love that you love the neon lights like me, orange in the distance. We both love that. And I love that we have that in common. Also, neither one of us can go back to New York, for you are unmoving. As for me, it won't be my city again until I'm dead. Fuck the New York Post. LA, who am I to need you when I've needed so much, asked for so much, and what I've been given, I'm not sure yet. I may never know that either until I'm dead. For now, though, what I do know is although I don't deserve you, not you at your best in your splendor with towering eucalyptus trees that sway in my dominion. Not you at your worst, totally on fire, unlivable, unbreathable. I need you. You see, I have no mother. And you do. A continental shelf. A larger piece of land from where you came. And I am an orphan. A little seashell that rests upon your native shores. One of many, for sure. But because of that, I surely must love you closely to the most of anyone. For that reason, let me love you. Don't mind my desperation. Let me hold you, not just for vacation, but for real and for forever. Make it real life. Let me be a real wife to you. Girlfriend, lover, mother, friend, I adore you. Don't be put off by my quick wordedness. I'm generally quite quiet. Quite a meditator, actually. I'll do very well down by Paramahansa Yogananda's Realization Center, I'm sure. I promise you'll barely even notice me, unless you want to notice me, unless you prefer a rambunctious child, in which case I can turn it on too. I'm quite good on the stage, as you may know. You might have heard of me. So either way, I'll fit in just fine. So just love me by doing nothing, and perhaps by not shaking the county line. I'm yours if you'll have me, but regardless, you're mine. Last year, when I wrote you my last letter, the beginning of my future poetry. I acknowledged who you really were for the first time. I didn't call you by any other name. I let you know that I knew the true nature of your heart, that it was evil, and that it convinced me that darkness was real, that the devil is a real devil, and that monsters don't always know that they're monsters. 
But projection is an amazing thing. After you left and burnt the house down, you tried to convince me it was I who was holding the matches. You told me I didn't know who I was, but I do. I love rose gardens. I plant violets every time someone leaves me. I love the great sequoias of Yosemite. And if you asked my sister to describe the first thing she thinks of when she thinks of me, she would say, campfire smoke. I'm gentle, I'm funny when I'm drunk, but I haven't been drunk for 14 years. I go on trips with my friends to the beach who don't know that I'm crazy. I can do that. I can do anything, even leave you. Because my bedroom is a sacred place now. There are children at the end of my bed telling me stories about the friends they pretend to hate that they will make up with later. And there are fresh cut flowers that I grew myself in vases from the yard on nightstands, hand carved by old pals from Big Sur. And the longer I stay here, the more I am sure. But the more I step into becoming a poet, the less I will fall into being with you. The more I step into my poetry, the less I will fall into being with you. The more I step into my poetry, the less I will fall into bed with you. Stay on the path, Sylvia Blath. Don't fall away like all the others. Don't take all your secrets alone to your watery grave about lovers and the secrets you keep will keep you in deep like Amy and, and brother. And all of the people you meet on the street will reiterate lies that they uttered. Leave me in peace, I cry in the middle of the night on a slow boat bound for Catalina for no reason. Tiny drops of perspiration dot my forehead. They could be mistaken for dewdrops if this were photo season. But alas, this is a real life and it's been a real fight just to stop my mind from committing treason. Why, you ask? Because she told the townspeople I was crazy and the lies, they started to believe them. But anyways, that's all over now. I've moved on, gone scorched her. And now I'm left wondering, where do I go from here? To Sonoma, where the fires have just left? South Dakota? Would standing in front of Mount Rushmore feel like the great American homecoming I never had? Would the magnitude of the scale of the sculptures take the place of the warm embrace I never got? Or should I just be here now, bare feet on linoleum, slicing vegetables into water that I will later turn into stew? Never to heaven, September 23rd, 2018. May my eyes always stay level to the horizon. May they never gaze as high as heaven to ask why. May I never go where angels fear to tread so as to have to ask for answers in the sky. The whys in this lifetime I found are inconsequential compared to the magic of the nowness, the solution to most questions. There are no reasons. And if there are, I'm wrong.
but at least I won't have spent my life waiting, looking for God in the clouds of the dawn. I'll be up early to rise, though, of course, but only to make you a pot of coffee. That's what I was thinking this morning, Joe, that it's times like this as the marine layer lifts off the sea from the view of our favorite restaurant, that I pray that I may always keep my eyes level to your eyeline, never downcast at the tablecloth. You see, Joe, it's times like this as the marine layer lifts off the sea on the dock with our candle lit that I think to myself, there are things that you still don't know about me. Like sometimes I'm afraid my sadness is too big and that one day you might have to help me handle it. But until then, may my eyes always stay level to the skyline, assessing Long Beach's glittering new development never higher than the tallest building, never to heaven or revenant. Because I have faith in man, as strange as that seems in times like these. And it's not just because of the warmth I found in your brown eyes. It's because I believe in the goodness in me, that it's firm enough to plant a flag in, or a rosebud, or to build a new life. Paradise is very fragile, and it seems like it's only getting worse. Down here in Florida, we're fighting red toxic tides, massive fish kills, not to mention hurricanes and rising sea levels. Back in Los Angeles, things aren't looking much better. My treehouse that had been standing for 80 years succumbed to the Woolsey fire. Who would have thought that this year at 33, you would have been taken out from under me after all those years? built from the ground up by hand by your very first owner, quiet World War I aviation pilot. I tried to save you, but the German Shepherd seemed more important. Paradise is very fragile and it's only getting worse. Our leader is a megalomaniac and we've seen that before, but never because it was what the country deserved. My friends tell me to stop calling 911 on the culture, but it's either that or I-5150 myself. They don't understand. I'm a dreamer. And I had big dreams for the country, not for what it could do, but for how it could feel, how it could think, how it could dream. I know. Who am I to dream for you? It's just that in my own mind, I was born with a little bit of paradise. And I was lucky in that way. Not like my husband, who was born and raised in hell. I always had something gentle to give. All of me, in fact. It's one of the beautiful things about me. It's one of the beautiful things about nature. But lately I've been thinking that I wish someone had told me when I was younger more about the inhabitants that thrive off of paradise. That should they take too much, there would be nothing left to give. Not everyone's nature is golden and green. And you can't fight what's in your nature. I got to thinking about it as we were fighting the fires in Agora. But I'm tired of fighting you. Paradise is very fragile and it's only getting worse. And every time I think of that, I think about the curse. Bestowed upon Eve, that faithful Eve, she took that bite from that fruitful tree. And this summer night, you in front of me, makes me contemplate the origins of good and evil. 
Cause you take and you take and you take and you take But you taste like the beach in a kiss Candy from my eyes and my veins you run citrus Watercolor images of serpents on orange trees arise in my midst Kundalini, you breathe me I could do this forever But my heart is very fragile And I have nothing left to give I saw you in the mirror. You were wearing your hair differently, carrying the air differently. You say you wear your hair long, parted in the middle, long in solidarity, just like all us women, in Long Beach, aimless. Your fingers wiping oil on the paper with precision, with decision, like an artist never seen yet, with a vision, with a reason, stared with venom at the ceiling, not the grass, but straight ahead, just at the skyline, with precision, laser vision. Time was stopping, moving through you. You dictated by what moved you, only moving, never thinking, matched to the sun that's slowly sinking, at the height of afternooning, in the heat of summer evening, like a phoenix, like a chemtrail, like a wavelength no one's claiming. Georgia O'Keeffe, Georgia Peaches, doing nothing but your painting, for forever, forget teachers, forgive him, forever leaving, love is rising, no resisting, cheeks are flushing, now you're living, say goodbye now, no resisting, live your life like no one's listening, be the art that life is breathing, be the soul the world is living, for you only, not forgiving, just for taking, no one's listening, at the end of Rose and Ridgely, down the street that's green and winding, past the bushes, cypress thriving, past the chain link fence and driving, further down the road less traveled, there you are, athleisure wear unraveled, now I see you clear, standing stoic, blue in denim, eyes not blue, but clear like heaven, you don't want to be forgotten, you just want to disappear. You move like water, sweet baby, sweet waiter, making the night smile to no one you cater. Silent woodworker from midnight till later, my lover, my laughter, my armor, my maker. The way that I feel with you is something like aching. Inside of my stomach, the cosmos are baking. A universe hung like a mobile. The alignments of these planets unique. In me, the earth moves around the sun. No land, all sea, water world. Sun chaser, tropic of cancer, southern equator. I'm the crying crustacean sunbathing on paper and moon. Let's rewrite the beginning of this primordial ooze, shall we, my love? Am I being brazen for saying this year makes me feel like we could have wrote it better than him? But who am I? Just 
Just a girl in love, dreaming on paper, rearranging the salt for the pepper. In love with you, my quiet waiter, summer, blue, forever. Call me when you're done with work. I'll pick you up later. The darker, the better. Salamander. Get out of my blood, salamander. I can't seem to blow off enough steam to get you out of my head. Soul cycle you to death. Run you out of my blood to San Pedro. And yet everywhere I go, it seems there you are and there I am. I don't want to sell my stories anymore. Stop pushing me. I want to leave them underneath the nightstand to be forgotten or remembered should my thoughts come upon them in the middle of the night after a beach day, or by you some afternoon to thumb through with your worn, warm after-work hands. I love you, but you don't understand me. I'm a real poet. My life is my poetry. My love-making is my legacy. My thoughts are not for sale. They're about nothing and beautiful and for free. And I wish that you could get that and love that about me because things that can't be bought can't be evaluated and that makes them beyond human reach, untouchable, safe, otherworldly, unable to be deciphered or metabolized, something metaphysical, like a view of the sea. On a summer day on the most perfect winding road taken in from your car seat, a thing perfect and ready to become a part of the texture of the fabric of something more ethereal, like Mount Olympus, where Zeus and Athena and the rest of the immortals play. Sport Cruiser. I took a flying lesson on my 33rd birthday instead of calling you. We're parking on the block where our old place used to be. Genesee, Genesee, Genesee. Pathetic, I know, but sometimes I still like to park on that street and have lunch in the car just to feel close to you. I was once in love with my life here, in that studio apartment with you. Little yellow flowers on the tops of trees as our only view, out of the only window, big enough for me to see our future through. But it turned out I was the only one who could see it stupid apartment complex terrible you you who I wait for you, you, you like a broken record stuck on loop so that day on my birthday I thought something has to change it can't always be about waiting for you don't tell anyone but part of my reasoning for taking the flight class was this idea that if I could become my own navigator a captain of the sky, that perhaps I could stop looking for direction from you. Well, what started off as an idea on a whim has turned into something more. Too shy to explain to the owners that my first lesson was just a one-time thing, I've continued to go to classes each week at the precious little strip off of Santa Monica and Bundy. And everything was going fine. We were starting with dips and loops. And then something terrible happened. 
During my fourth lesson in the sky, my instructor, younger than I, but as tough as you, instructed me to do a simple maneuver. It's not that I didn't do it, but I was slow to lean the sport cruiser into a right-hand upward turn. Scared. Scared that I would lose control of the plane. Not tactfully and not gently, the instructor shook his head and without looking at me said, You don't trust yourself. I was horrified, feeling as though I had somehow been found out, like he knew me. How weak I was. Of course, he was only talking about my ability as a pilot in the sky, but I knew it was meant for me to hear those words. For me, they held a deeper meaning. I didn't trust myself. Not just 2,500 feet above the coast of Malibu, but with anything. And I didn't trust you. I could have said something, but I was quiet. Because pilots aren't like poets. They don't make metaphors between life and the sky. In the midst of this midlife meltdown navigational exercise and self-examination, I also decided to do something else I had always wanted to do. Take sailing lessons in the vibrant bay of Marina del Rey. I signed up for the class as Elizabeth Grant, and nobody blinked an eye. So why was I so sure that when I walked into the tiny shack on Bali Way, someone would say, You are not a captain of a ship, or the master of the sky. No, the fisherman didn't care, and so neither did I. And for a brief moment, I felt more myself than ever before. Letting the self-proclaimed drunkard captain's lessons wash over me like the foamy tops of the sea. Midway through, my forehead burned and my hands raw from jibing, the captain told me the most important thing I would need to know on the sea. Never run the ship into irons. That's nautical terms for not sailing the boat directly into the wind. In order to do that, though, you have to know where the wind is coming from. And you might not have time to look up to the mast or up further to the weather vane, so you have to feel where the wind is coming from on your cheeks and by the tips of the white waves from which direction they're rolling. To do this, he gave me an exercise. He told me to close my eyes and asked me to feel on my neck which way the wind was blowing. I already knew I was going to get it wrong. The wind is coming from everywhere. I feel it all over, I told him. No, he said. The wind is coming from the left, the port side. I sat waiting for him to tell me, you don't trust yourself. But he didn't, so I said it for him. I don't trust myself. He laughed, gentler than the pilot, but still not realizing that my failure in the exercise was hitting me at a much deeper level. It's not that you don't trust yourself, he said. It's simply that you're not a captain. It isn't what you do. Then he told me he wanted me to practice every day so I would get better. Which grocery store do you go to, he asked. To the Ralphs and the Palisades, I replied. Okay, when you're in the Ralphs and the Palisades, I want you, as you're walking from your car to the store, to close your eyes and feel which way the wind is blowing. Now, I don't want you to look like a crazy person crouching in the middle of the parking lot, but everywhere you go, I want you to try and find which way the wind is coming in from, and then determine if it's from the port or starboard side, so when you're back on the boat, you'll have a better sense of it. I thought his advice was adorable. I could already picture myself in the parking lot, squinting my eyes with perfect housewives looking on. I could picture myself growing a better sense of which way the wind was blowing. And as I did, 
a tiny bit of deeper trust also began to grow within myself. I thought of mentioning it, but I didn't. Because captains aren't like poets. They don't make metaphors between the sea and sky. And as I thought that to myself, I realized that's why I write. All of this circumnavigating the earth was to get back to my life. Six trips to the moon for my poetry to arise. I'm not a captain. I'm not a pilot. I write. I write. never touched me without wanting to kill me, except for a healer on 6th Street in Ridgely, Tessa Di Pietro, recommended casually by a medium I no longer know. She said my number one problem was my field was untrusting. When asked what to do, she paused and said, nothing, which sent me right into uncontrollable sobbing, because there's never anything you can do about the important things. She said, okay, one thing you can do is picture the floor rising up to support you and sink into the back of the bed that's behind you. Too much of your energy is in front of and above you, which for some reason made me think of a live show I had seen, Jim Morrison at the Hollywood Bowl, 1968, check date. The blue trellised lights gave him an unusual aura, like a halo or something, made him eight feet or taller. I remember just thinking he looked out of his body, but definitely like a god on stage. So I told her, maybe an artist has to function a little bit above themselves if they really want to transmit some heaven. And she told me, singleness of focus is the key to transmission. For an emphasis on developing inner intuition, close your eyes and feel where you hold your attention. If it's in the back of your eyes, walk it down to your heart center and make that the new place from which your thoughts enter. Clairvoyance comes mostly from this simple function. Oh, and Jim died at 27, so find another frame of reference when you're referencing heaven. And have you ever read the lyrics to People Are Strange? He made no sense. steel trains run through the tunnels of your cool blue steel eyes. Vernon, rock quarry, the vastness of which has nothing on your beautiful mind. Dylan, I hear Dylan when I look at you. I can see it in invisible ink like a tattoo. The yin to my yang, the toughness to my unending softness. A striking example of masculinity, firm in your verticality, sure in your confrontation against all elements and duality. The sun to my wilting daisy, the earth to the wild flower that doesn't care where it grows. Vernon, everything's burnt here. There's no escaping it. The air is fried and on fire. I've never really fallen in love, but 
Whatever this feeling is, I wish everyone could experience it. This place feels like a person, familiar, like someone I've stood next to before, but never while I was standing next to you. Thank you for being here, for bearing witness to my vastness. Through the years, I've called you in and out of my orbit, you and your madness, the satellite that constellates my world, mimicking the inner chaos that I've disowned a mirror to my past life retributions, and a reflection of my sadness. If I'm going to keep on living the way that I'm living, I can't do it without you. My feet aren't on the ground. I need your body to stand on, your name to define me. On top of being a woman, I'm scared and ethereal, and there are seven worlds in my eyes. I'm accessing all of them at once. One to draw my words from, and my muses. Another one I try and harness late at night that lies somewhere off of the right of Jupiter. And then, of course, there's this one I live in. The land of a thousand fires. That's where you come in. You, Vernon, Dylan, two blue steel trains running through the tunnels of your cool blue steel eyes to guide me far from the world of my early days that I can't quite make out clearly, that beckon me towards high sea cliffs on long car rides, towards a future place, a world unknown to me, made up of something surreal and dripping, flowers and solar systems oversized. You, Vernon, Dylan, no words needed to sponge up the dark nights, no explanation for the globes in my eyes, shoulder to shoulder in the factory light, letting me be who I would have been if everything had turned out all right. Three alternative endings now course through my blood on ice, but I thrive because I say I do and because it's what I write. But honestly, if you weren't here with me, I don't know what things would look like. That's why no matter what world I'm in, I'm accessible by only one satellite. Vernon, Dylan, and you and your madness, with two blue steel trains running through the tunnels of your cool blue steel. I went to a party, I came in hot, made decisions beforehand, my mind made up. Things that would make me happy, to do them or not. Each option weighed carefully, a plan for each thought. And then I walked through the door past the open concept and saw Violet bent backwards over the grass. Seven years old with dandelions grasped tightly in her hands. Arched like a bridge in a fallen handstand grinning wildly like a madman, with the exuberance that only doing nothing can bring, waiting for the fireworks to begin. And in that moment, I decided to do nothing about everything.
Perfect petals punctuate the fabric's yellow-blue. Silver platters with strawberries strewn across the room. In Zimmerman, with sandals on, one summer dressed shoes. Three girls, eyes rolled, loud laughter, dust specks lit by afternoon. My life is sweet like lemonade, now there is no bitter fruit. Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, no thought of you. My thoughts have changed, my voice is higher, now I'm over you. No flickering in my head movies projected in Bellevue. Because I captured the mood of my wish fulfilled and sailed to Xanadu. The grief that came in waves that rolled I navigated through. The fire from my wish as wind to future trip to Malibu. Now everything I have is perfect, nothing much to do. Just perfect florals, green embroidered chairs, one dress.